Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. We've got the big desk out. we got the banners. That means it is a big show. I am Jerem Jordan alongside Banksy and the captain, Bailey Wilson and Vice Captain Paul Asike. We'll talk to them in just a moment, but great to have you with us. We are on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube account. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Send in some questions or comments if you got them. As mentioned, here's what's on the show. We'll talk to Bailey Wilson and Paul Asike about their New assignments for Bailey. It's year three. Calvin Whiting returns. We'll check out the loaded centers. Greg Cooper, the head coach, will join us to talk about all of this. Lance Williams with the USA Sevens. How'd they do in Cape Town? Junior Warriors news, plus a bunch of MLR news and notes. And Gary Gold steps down as the USA 15s men's head coach. But let's talk to the guys about the decisions that have come down. Welcome to the program, first off. Bailey, good to have you. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me. And Paul, you've lost your voice a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. But that's all right. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me. You need to hurry and recover because there's a lot of Christmas music you've got to sing the next couple of days. <laughs> oh, it's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> Too much at the karaoke bar, bro. Yeah. Get together with the family, singing all the old school jams. Yeah, I hear you on that one. <laughs> okay, Bailey, first off, let's talk about uh, being named captain again. What does that mean to you personally to now be, what, year three as yeah. the captain? Yeah, year three. I mean, yeah, it's a huge honor to be named captain. I mean, just as big of an honor as it was the first year and the second year. So I'm, I'm really excited and uh, looking forward to the season this year. And, you know, I've got a great team of people around me. I've got, you know, a great vice captain here, Paul Asike, and, and great coaches and a great leadership group. So I'm really excited to uh, get to work this season. What's the process of this? Were you asked to do it again? Is it the coaches? Is it the players? Yeah, Coops, uh, Coops came up to me and just and just asked me, if, you know, if I'd like to be captain again. And, and of course, my answer was yes straight away. So, yeah. Awesome. So the combination of, of youth and experience between the two of you is great. Paulie, how's it going to be coming back to the captain's armband, obviously, with, in year one, to now work with Bales in the squad? Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, similar situation. We I came in for a, we had like a voluntary training session and I uh, came in in Bales and, and coach came over and asked me if I, if I wanted to be Vice captain and uh, yeah, yeah, same thing. As, it was a privilege, so I said yes, and it'll be awesome working alongside Bales and, and and the other leadership boys and and getting stuck into the season. Paul, give us a sense of the first time around when you were here, the first couple, of, the first year. And now you've come back and sort of what's been established with the Warriors that maybe was still growing when you were here in the beginning. Um, that's yeah. I always laugh about this. Year one was crack up. Um, obviously, only seven teams in the league. Um, we were training at different facilities. We were playing at different facilities. So um, that's first and foremost. When I come back and I talk with some of the older boys, Saya and, and Angus and them, we always have a good laugh about year one. But, um, but yeah, that was a really cool uh, stepping stone in inaugural season. And, and so, um, yeah, to be in these facilities and, 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 and it run the way it is now, it's been a huge change and it's all been awesome. So, Bales, you guys have put together a really great culture that's already started and the core of this team is still intact. How is it now with some of the changing pieces, knowing that you've got a partner here to be able to lead this team? Yeah, look, it's great. I mean, we've got a lot of returning players coming back. So they've, you know, they've already got that chemistry. They've got that connection. So just adding in a few new faces, um, they, they bring a lot to the table as well. So, I mean, it's great. The culture on the team is, is already great. and I'm excited to see where it's going to go this season. And you've seen a few unique seasons. 21, standout year, playoffs, dynamic offense. It was awesome. 22, some injuries, a step back. Now you're 20, uh, 23, the third year for you. What have you seen and kind of learned now as a young captain in year three? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, um, obviously, yeah, 
the ups and downs, you learn a bit more uh, in the hard times than you do probably when things are going a bit easier. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of learnings I've taken from last year. Uh, definitely the culture. I think if we can get a culture, you know, buttoned down by day one and, and get things looking pretty good. I mean, we've got the talent on the team. So I know once we get the culture and, and all that other things, everything else will fall into place. What's been the... Uh not hardest, but the most challenging thing of assimilating a group that you got a new head coach, you got a new roster. Certainly, not all those guys are in town yet. But um, Paul, from your experience, what, what's the what's the best way to sort of bring that group together quickly? Yeah, I think we've we've already started it in a way because we've been having some voluntary training sessions just Tuesday, Thursdays for the boys that are local. Um, so that's that's a huge step for us. And you know, the last couple of weeks, showing all the boys plays and, and, and the basic outline we, we haven't gone into detail much but it'll make it way easier when those boys come and return and then you know the boys that have been training for the last month you know just um able to show them and and, and help them out and and make that transition a bit smoother so um that's probably the best thing we could have done really is just to have this early training training block and it's also unique i guess culturally and the nationalities banks you grew up in new zealand and, and came back and played I didn't, I didn't grow up playing the game or around it but I love that you can bring a group of all kinds of people together in a unique way from all over the world. I, I don't see other sports do this the way that rugby does it. Yeah. Not at all. So how, how is it that rugby does it? Is, I guess is my question. I think everyone just has the love for the sport. Um, so if you love that, you got something in common. And, and yeah, everyone just seems to have that one thing in common. And, and it helps you get together and get along really well. I think it's a conscious effort, right? The the guys that respect the guys that have worn the jersey before us. You know, that's why there's no names on the back of jerseys. You know, we always say you play for the for the front of the shirt, not that the name on the back not of the, the shirt. Anymore, that you know, <laughs> and and appropriate too, right? Look what it got them. Okay, <laughs> you put names on the jerseys, you're out. <laughs> there's, but in rugby, there's really no substitution for time. Not only the time that you play the game, but the time that you have to give back. And uh, and Paulie, let's switch gears here a little bit. You've had time in the off season now. To, to work on fitness, to work on your legs, to get your hand healthy. I know you, you broke a finger or two in, yeah. in, uh, with the national team. Yeah. How are you feeling? How's everything healing up? And, uh, and, and how's the, the, the recovery process? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a tough one the last couple of years. Um, one of the other um, media ladies, she asked, you know, what is one thing that you want to contribute this season? And my answer was availability, you know. Um, you know, so... Uh, that all has to do with um, how you treat your body, how you recover and things like that. And so um, I came out of it, you know, a, a block with USA where I made it through all the games injury free. So that was a real big confidence booster for me. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to do the small things and, and, and come the start of preseason on Jan 9th that I can show up in the best shape that I can, you know, ready for the season. And so, um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's been it's been tough. Your broken hand, Achilles and all these these, these other things. but. You know, we just carry on, and, and I've learned a lot from that. And uh, I've learned a lot about my body, actually. So, yeah, so, um, no, nah, it should be a good one. I'm hoping for a good one. Adding raising the twins, uh, who are yeah. less than a year old. So nothing's really going on in your life right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got my simple. hands full. Yeah. That's really why my voice is like this. I'm yelling at the kids. Yeah. Hopefully your hands are full of the rugby ball inside the 22 coming yeah. up. That's what Dub Nation wants to see. <laughs> they probably weigh a little more than the ball now. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Bailey, as, as the captain of this team, um, what is it that you've seen or identified, I guess, even in preseason, because you'll learn throughout the year new things, but that this team needs in terms of leadership from, from you two, from the leadership group as well? Yeah, the, the team that we've got 
just has so much energy. Um, so if we can just focus that and direct that in the right areas, I think we'll see so much reward come out of that. Um, you know, we've got so much talent on this team where, yeah, if we just point that in the right direction, I think, yeah, we'll be, we'll be very blessed with what we see come. How is, how is uh, Greg Cooper, who we'll talk to in a moment, in terms of consulting with you having been here and in the trenches with this team as the new guy? Oh, I mean, I've been in, oh, incredibly impressed so far. I mean, the research, the homework that he's done already before, before coming, before I even met him um, in person, you know, he just knew so much about the team already, not just the team, but also about Utah, the culture and everything. So, I mean, I think he's, he's been a great fit so far already. Um, and I'm just excited to see see what he can implement and and what direction he takes the team. So looking now ahead to Christmas, New Year's, some time with the family before we get stuck into the early part of what's going to be a long 18-week season. What do you hope to see from the guys as they report, Paulie, on January 9th for that first orientation and then getting stuck in? Yeah, I think um, just hopefully everyone's refreshed and ready to go, you know. Um, that's what that's all you asked, that asked me what I wanted is, is, is um, you know, feeling refreshed and ready to go and excited. Um, I think that's the that's the one thing I'll, I'll be looking for and hoping that everyone has that. Bailey, how did you feel about your season last year? Because you, you set a franchise record in tackles. It's like a ridiculous amount, uh, yeah. you know. Um, obviously, the year w- wasn't what you guys wanted. But what did you learn from that year that you think will be positive going into this year with a lot of the same guys? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's hard to just, just say one thing that I've learned. I mean, last year was, yeah, a great year for learning. So, um, but... I mean, yeah, I just want to, let's, I mean, if I can just have a well-rounded year. I mean, last year made a lot of tackles. I think if we can uh, hold the ball a bit more and ball a bit more and score a few more tries, maybe I'll have a few less tackles. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were t- yeah, someone's got to make a tackle yeah. when the other team has the ball. One last question here, Paulie. Talk about the combination of having a backline player in the centers as a captain as well as a partner in the forward pack as a captain. You can kind of divide the field up with that 9-10 combo in between you to marshal your team around the field, right? Like, the communication line between you guys has got to be exciting with that pairing, right? Yeah, no, it'll make things a lot easier, you know, if there's, um, you know, things that the outside backs might see or want us to talk to the ref about, um, it'll be an easy relay into Bale. So, um, no, I think it'll be good. It'll, you know, it's it's never a bad idea to have a forward and a back, so I think it should be all good. So how much of your time spent as the vice captain will be calling your own number inside the 22 and just destroying people's hopes and dreams in that B-gap? Yeah, hopefully a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want to hear, baby. (laughs) And Bailey, anything else people should know uh, or get excited about before the season here? Oh, just get excited for the first home game against Dallas. I mean, we're we're excited for that. Um, We've got a big important game against San Diego February 18th um, the week before that so yeah but we just want we want to see the fans out here we've got the best fans in the in the country um, and yeah we want to see see them in the seats and we want to make them happy last year's home game against Dallas featured an MLR record in points so perhaps that could happen again we'll see uh, a better Dallas squad this year but thanks for the time guys Paul and Bailey and uh, good luck with everything cheers yeah thank you You've seen the release of the new Utah Warriors kit for 2023 with the home, away, and the alternate. Get all of your Warriors gear now and be ready to get in the red and black at Zions Bank Stadium. Go to shop.warriorsrugby.com now to get all of your official Utah Warriors gear. Get your gear. Okay, Calvin Whiting is back, baby. It was in question. We weren't sure if he was going to be on the roster. He is returning. Warrior number 65. He's got 35 caps. 
exactly 100 points the last two seasons. Nice round number. 13 penalty goals, 27 conversions, and a try. What does he add to this already loaded center group? I think Calvin adds a lot of versatility to this center group when you talk about his ability to be a lockdown defender first and foremost, and then to be a facilitator, whether it's Tyler Fisher or Tomasi Tonga or Paul Lasique on the inside or outside of him because he can play at the 12 and 13. Oh, yeah, he also provides incredible cover for the fly half position at 10 because he played extensively there through school. We saw him through... Uh, was a couple of seasons ago through injury coverage he had to play quite a bit of time at 10 as well so an absolutely incredible piece to what is this roster puzzle and calvin whiting really checks a lot of boxes and fills a lot of gaps with that and if you need him as a point scorer like you said he is there should it come to that right he's been on multiple different tours with the usa eagles he's got several caps which is awesome so let's take a look at the centers tyler fisher paula ck clc nauer logan tungle Tomasi Tonga, Kelvin Whiting. I am in love with this group. That is loaded. I mean, whatever pairing you want to pull out of that is really uh, coach's discretion at this point. You know, if you want to play big and you want to play powerful, you could put Tomasi and you could put Paul in there. You could put Tyler Fisher, who is an incredibly strong runner and defender at 13 outside Paul Lasique. Um, even Logan Tongo coming in probably at that 13 position outside of Paul would be great. I expect we'll see Logan probably more on the wing than we will in the centers, but he has the ability to play that position. And now you slot in the coverage of having Calvin Whiting back in this squad. It really gives you the comfort of having the depth at that 12-13 position that is a dream for coaches come game day prep. And last year it was Tyler Fisher and Calvin Whiting, and hopefully Tomasi Tonga is good. That's where we were at the beginning of the year. And Tomasi was good as that kind of young buck coming in, scoring uh, you know, on the road in his first match. That was awesome. Okay, so Calvin Whiting's back, loaded center group, awesome. A few other news and notes that we need to mention. Watch the Warriors rugby social media feeds for two more signings, this time from the Crossroads Cup, coming up later in the week, which is exciting. And the Utah Selects roster will be released next week, and the U18 Academy trial this week. Over 65 players have registered and MLR players report on January 9th. So we've got a lot coming up. I do want to talk about the selects. And I know we hit it on the roster reveal, but I'm stoked for this group because there will be guys like the last couple of years who will play into the season. Right now, you may not think so-and-so is going to be a pivotal part of some game against Seattle in uh, May, but it's going to happen. These guys will factor in. You know, when you talk about the growth of rugby in Utah as a whole, and the Pathways program, you know, Ashley Burge does a fantastic job with Utah Youth Rugby and a big announcement there with the partnership for Salt Lake County. Uh, that's huge for the development of getting the ball into kids' hands. Now you talk about the under-18 development camp that's coming up to ID these high school players who are in different programs all over the state and their ability to grow and develop under a centralized coaching structure. Now you expand that to the Crossroads Cup and two big players who are going to be signed out of that competition specifically as a locally oriented competition. And then they move into now the selects where you're training with the first team in kind of that minor league role in a professional setting for guys to literally build their skill set with the best 
of the best. And really, the Utah Warriors do it better than any other team, I think, in the league. There's a lot of other Pathways programs in place, but there is a direct line when you look at the guys that are on the roster. Guys like Captain Bailey Wilson, who played locally here. Guys like Tomasi Tonga, Joe Mano, Logan Tongo, Lance Williams. These are all guys that came up through the Utah rugby structure, and now there is a direct line for them to play professional rugby. Which is so exciting, because if you're a kid and you love rugby... And maybe you come into rugby late. There's all kinds of pathways to this point. You have an opportunity to play professionally, and there's a clear delineation. It's not like, well, hopefully they see you play in that one club rugby tournament over there. No, no, no. You can be seen in this building and at different camps around here from whatever age on up, which is super, super exciting. All right, we now welcome to the program the head coach of the Utah Warriors, Greg Cooper. Greg, great to have you back on the show. We got the big desk out. Uh, that means we invite the coach on. It's a big show. It's, that's great to be here again. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the decision be- behind Captain Bailey Wilson and Vice Captain Paula C.K. Great conversation with them a moment ago. Certainly great choices, it would appear. Well, I think first and foremost, uh, when you're looking for a captain, and, and obviously Bales last year uh, led the team well, led the team strongly at the end of the season. Uh, and he's got a lot of potential growth as a captain as well. I think first and foremost, both Bales and Paul, they are dominant in their position. And I think that's really crucial when you're looking at a captain. Then you start looking at the other things, their communication, of, you know, their ability to communicate. How do they communicate with the, uh, with the other individuals on the side? And on top of that, it's about respect as well. So when I looked at the boxes that I was looking at, they ticked all of them. So it was a pretty clear-cut decision in the end. Was it intentional to have one forward and one back? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't because I think when it comes to captaincy, um, I think the important thing is, you know, you've got a captain and a vice captain. Um, you've also got a leadership group as well. So, you know, you would think that Bales and Paul will be available for the games, but you know, we've got a lot of games. So, you've also got to grow other leaders as well. So, no, not not intentional. You know, we could have had two forwards, we could have had two backs. Uh, we just went for the, the the two people that you know that we believed, I believed, was certainly the two best for our leadership. Bailey sets a record in tackles last year for the squad, certainly leads by example like you mentioned. He's been through it. 21 was so successful, 22 a step back. He's been through two types of seasons. How has he grown the past couple of years as you weren't here, but now you've seen him and you've you've heard people talk about what he's become and now you're seeing him as a young captain in this league. Jeremy, I think you raised a really good point. And the point is, you know, I think it's really easy to be a captain when things are going well. It's not so easy when it's not going well. But when it's not going well, that's your greatest learning. So Bales and I chatted about that. We talked about um, you know, the, the, the difficult year, and I think he stood up last year in a really difficult time. So that was probably his greatest learning. The experience of the good times, you don't learn as much, and the hard times. And I think that balance, uh, I think with Paul's support, the leadership group support, just allowing him to play his game and just lead by example. You mentioned about the tackle count. Lead by example, and I just think that will be one of his greatest strengths. When you look at the combination of them, too, you've got youth, Bales being still not even 25 years old, and Paulie, who's probably played more than 25 years of competitive rugby in his career. You're talking about that youthful exuberance, that energy that that somebody like Bales brings, and then just the sheer amount of knowledge that, that Paulie has as a captain. I think that reflects in the overall way that you've built the squad. Yeah, Banksy, don't underestimate, <laughs> don't underestimate Paulie's energy. I've been really impressed. You know, like he's showing a lot of leadership um, and, and communicating with the, uh, with the squad. 
Obviously, Bales is younger, but you know, I think we're going to hopefully create, that's our goal, to create an energetic, exciting environment, uh, create the vibe, and, uh, and, and Paulie will drive that. And uh, like you say, he's an international class player, he's proven, but uh, there's a lot of energy from both of those two. Hey, if I'm uh, Paul, I'm excited. Two years ago, uh, Bailey was the captain, and then his vice captain won MLR Player of the Year. Uh, well, there you go. Time. I would be excited. <laughs> there you Paul, go. Right? If good. that can happen, no, I'll be very happy. No pressure, Paulie. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> now, we got Paul for a handful of games. Suffered an injury before a game. Obviously, this offseason broke his hand. That got healed, came back, played for the USA. What does a full season of Paul CK potentially look like to you? Oh, I think the important thing is, you know, We've got to use, uh, we've got a pre-season plan in, in terms of a couple of games planned. And you know, I would like to see Paulie get that opportunity to, to um, uh, get into the best physical shape that he wants to be in. We know the skills, we know his rugby now will be there to allow him to be ready for round one. Then it's a matter of saying, these guys aren't going to be playing every game. We've just got to manage the squad. So I'm not going to say to one player, you've got all 16 games or you've got 80 minutes of, you know, we'll judge it as we see it. The important thing is managing players at the same time, when you manage players, you also allow other players an opportunity. And I think that's really important in the squad. Don't want to go and say, here's 23 and that's it. You just don't want to be doing that. So Paulie will be managed, but when he's ready to be let loose, he'll be let loose. Well, when we talk about depth, let's change gears here now. And we're about to announce the lineup for the Utah Select side. What role will those guys play in the overall squad in the MLR season as they kind of play that, that second tier uh, competition this year? Well, as a coach and the other coaches, Robbie and and, uh, and Sean, our responsibility is to help them grow. If they grow, if they put their hands up, they get an opportunity. So the great thing about that is uh, the more they develop, the better it is for us and the better it is for the Warriors in the future. So their situation is put your hand up, we'll help you, um, you deliver, and there's potential opportunities for you. And that's exciting because to make the baseball analogy, the Salt Lake Bees, the AAA, hey, Mike Trout, one of the best players in baseball, Played for Salt Lake. You could have seen him before he went to the A's. You could see the next big thing in MLR if you watch the Utah Selects, which is exciting. Okay, then the U18 Academy trial is this week. What do you want to see out of that? Well, I, again, it's try to identify some young talent. Now, I'll be there for, for, uh, for that and, and looking and, and trying to identify young talent because at U18, then there's a step up after that. So if we can identify that now. But don't forget also, and this is one thing I'd like to say to the U18s, if you... You know, I've seen I've seen All Blacks not make any selection at a younger age group and then become very, very good All Blacks. So the important thing, a lot of that is about their character. Yes, we're going to see ability. Um, if, if we don't quite see it at, the, at, at that time, hopefully we'll see it further down the track. But I'll certainly be looking to see if there's some talent there available and then we'll just hopefully pick those, that talent for the future and we'll develop that as well. You talk about years worth of layering in that talent with the experience that we have on the first team. It'll be exciting to see, Coach. I think you're right, and I think this is a great thing about our squad. Um, it's a mixture of exciting new young talent with experience-proven MLR players with a sprinkle of additional uh, international players coming in. So as a coach, it gives me great confidence seeing what I'm seeing at the moment. I think Brandon's done a superb job in bringing the squad together. We've worked really hard on it. The organisation has supported it. Uh, now we've got another couple of months coming up where we've actually got to get it right because we've got San Diego in round one on the 18th of February, they're a very good side. They've recruited well. We've got to be at the top of our game. When you talk about the excitement of having guys that have come up through that pathway, though, guys that are on the squad like Logan Tongo, guys like Joe Mano, guys like Tomasi Tonga, who have come up through that Selects program, 
if you're an under 18 player or a selects level player, take that selection very seriously because there's a real opportunity in the Utah Warriors pathway to make it to the top shelf. Well, I think the important thing is deliver your ability and of course your ability is going to grow. Going to grow. Uh, deliver your ability and bring attitude. You know, you bring those, you know, your ability and attitude, which is character. You, you do that. And of course, at, at U18, uh, it's young character. Character is going to grow. So we're not going to go and judge people and how they behave uh, at, you know, this is not their finite behavior, but we need to see them, you know, how hard do you train? How, you know, do, how much do you, do you desire it? And, and let's see where that goes. Are you coachable? Are you teachable? All exactly, those exactly. And, and look, we all know. Gee, we've all been through that situation where we things don't go quite according to plan. And it's how you get off the canvas, how you bounce back, all those sort of things. And that'll happen for a lot of these young players. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be judged for how I was as a teenager either. <laughs> but I think, I think, Absolutely good. Jeremy, I think that's, that's really important. I think, you know, we, we talk as coaches and we talk as business people about character, and it's so important in a, in a, in a team. But we've also got to understand people need to develop as people. Young ones need to develop. It takes time. It, it really does. Okay, January 9th uh, is when all the players report. Obviously, there's a, a bit of a break for the holidays, and the guys come back and get ready for about five, six weeks before San Diego. What do you want them to accomplish uh, over the break if, uh, besides eating food and, and trying to stay in shape before January 9th? Well, what we've done is we've, we've sent out a sort of three blocks, and our first block was individual training at the moment. Then there's another block over Christmas break. Uh, now, the other block is, it'll be a maintenance block. And of course, they're, gonna eat, they're probably going to eat a little bit too much. But you know, we're hoping that the environment's strong enough now for them to realize that important to turn up on orientation day in the best shape they can be in. But we can't, you know, I, I can't be the food police over Christmas. <laughs> not in your job description. <laughs> I, I, I've just got to make sure that the environment's strong enough for them to to turn up and ex, you know, expect to perform on, on day one. That's Ian's job, right? He's, he's the food <laughs> that police. Is, Ian, give that is his job. That is his job. Attaboy, Ian. Keep the boys accountable. I'm looking at you fellas with the single-digit jerseys, all right? Having been a front rower, I live that life. Coach, congratulations. You've got your captains. You've got the initial training group in. We can't wait to see the full group together and, and see what the season has in store for us. Yeah, I'm really delighted with Bales and Paulie. Uh, you know, it was a, and, I'm, and, and when I say Bales and Paulie, I don't go and say you're captain, you're vice captain. We've got to sit down and talk. Do they want it? You know, uh, and, and so it's a, it's a mutual discussion. We've also got a leadership group that, that the, the two of, or the three of us have worked on. And we're delighted. And that'll be named in the, in the new year as well. But we know who that is. Those players have been spoken to and they've accepted the challenge as well. So it hasn't just been, you're in the group, you know, you're captain. It's been, hey, let's just talk about this. And, you know, do you like the vision? And, and, and this is the direction we want to go in. Okay, well, we're just weeks away from the guys reporting and, and a few more weeks after that from the season. So thanks for the time. We're excited. Uh, welcome. I'm, uh, I'm really excited. Looking forward to it. And um, uh, it's a big season ahead of us. Speaking of Major League Rugby 2023, get your season tickets now for the best home field advantage in Major League Rugby here at Zions Bank Stadium for your Utah Warriors. Go to warriorsrugby.com, click the link and pick your seats. Be ready with all the perks and benefits of being a season ticket holder. Plus, might I add, it's a great stocking stuffer for the rugby fan in your life. Season tickets are available now. Go to warriorsrugby.com to get it. Okay, Lance Williams news uh, continued with the USA 7s in Cape Town, South Africa two weeks ago. Eagles took bronze with a uh, 22-14 win over the home side. So USA doing pretty good, certainly looking for a, a win, but uh, third place, a, a good result in South Africa. 
really exciting to see, especially because this squad has turned over a lot of players from what we saw over the last uh, couple of years. And so with guys like Lance coming in with his versatility and ability, we saw in this last tournament how physically dominant he could be in the sevens game. And so what this allows now USA Rugby at the sevens level to do is play at the top of the pool level. So now the draws get a lead year for them because they're playing bottom of the table teams and now they can develop some momentum and chemistry as they continue to develop the schemes that they're working in under Coach Friday and really just excel. Always good to have some sevens guys on the squad. Lance, uh, Logan Tongo with USA Sevens now rejoining, so that's awesome. It'll be great. Lance is going to be in the best shape of his life coming from the sevens tour straight into training camp on January 9th. That's awesome because he'd been playing in December and the fact that uh, he had such a spectacular year last year. He was the only player, first team all MLR from Utah. Okay, so we have some awesome news with the Junior Warriors. You mentioned it, Banksy. This season, the league will run through the Salt Lake County Parks and Rec. What does that mean for Junior Warriors? That means that now youth rugby is going to be everywhere in the Salt Lake County Parks and Rec program, just like we've seen with basketball and like we've seen with other academies in, let's say, soccer, for example. The ability for these kids to see their favorite players on TV, to come out here to Zions Bank Stadium, to shake hands, to high-five, to interact with these guys, and then go out on the weekends and play the same game that they see, that they want to learn, is really invaluable. To have this as part of the grassroots sporting ethos of Utah is really where we need to be to grow the game, not just here in Utah, but in America as we look forward to two different World Cups in our near future. That's right. Uh, coming up in the 2030, shout out to Ashley Burge for the amazing work she has done with the Junior Warriors. Okay, some MLR news and notes. We've got a bunch. First up, New York rebrands, and they've got a, a, a new coaching staff. They're adding the Ironworkers, Rugby New York Ironworkers to the team name. they got a new staff. Uh, former Warriors player coach James Semple uh, will be the head coach. Ex-All Black prop Ben Afiaki uh, will be the forwards coach as well. They're going to play at Mount Vernon's Memorial Stadium in New York. That's where the Warriors will finish the regular season. And that's going to be a tough game. It always is going to New York. They're always really well coached. They're a great fundamentals team. They showed how dynamic they could be down the stretch. And now you add in the abilities of this new coaching staff to bring another layer of excitement to their playing style. And I could expect a lot out of New York this year. The Ironworkers name? bit of a stretch yeah i think it's great for them to be playing in this new home in a in a, in a top in a state-of-the-art stadium that's going to allow them to play on a proper sized rugby field rather than the narrower football fields that we've been seeing uh along the east coast so that will make all of that will combine to make a big difference in new york there you go the defending champs okay threat palama who played uh, at the university of utah he is back with dc after being injured quite a bit the last two years you know, Threats is a Utah guy, and he's another one of those impact players, a lot like Paul Lasique for us here, that has that running ability. He has the, the, the skills to be able to take over and dominate a rugby game really from any point. And so to see a healthy threat in Palamo, while it's bad for opposition defenses, it's really good for rugby in the USA. James Vifale was traded from the Warriors to NOLA for the 18th pick. He ends up training in New Orleans. He ends up being in the uh, dispersal draft. He's with Chicago. More on Chicago in a moment. Is he in Chicago or did he end up in Texas? I don't know. The <laughs> l- I got to text James and see what, what he's doing. He's definitely getting the frequent flyer miles in. Uh, James is the type of player that you want to root for, and he's the type of person that you really want to get behind and see him succeed. No matter where he ends up, you know, once you're a warrior, you're always a warrior. So we're clearly still rooting for James Vifale. And Chicago, whether they have James or not, uh, has added some real weapons here. Two-time MLR back of the year, Billy Meeks. 
uh, signs with Chicago after a few years in L.A. They also added Marco Key from Austin. USA Eagles 15s and 7s uh, from Austin. Chris Matina, Michael DeWall uh, as well from Austin. And basically Chicago is now the L.A. Austin of the dispersal draft. Will Chicago compete right away for a playoff spot, given all that talent? I think they have the depth to be able to compete right away. Chemistry is everything in rugby. You can have all of the X's and O's, and you can have all of these great players and all of these marquee moments, and it could all fall apart really quickly. We saw that here very easily early in the season last year in Utah. We had all of the pieces, but it was the time and the struggle to build the chemistry that's going to be key. You know, these players know each other really well. They come from a program that's played together really well. I would expect a very competitive side out of the Chicago Hounds. Yeah, for a, a new franchise, it's not going to be what Dallas was, no. which was a real struggle, and they had a uh, you know an incident that injured some players. And went out. That was tough. They're going to be interesting right away, uh, the Chicago Hounds. Okay, last but not least, Houston adds Hanko Hermescheis and Damakina from L.A. and Austin. Those are two nice additions. Those are two very nice additions for what was already a really good team there in Houston when you add to all the pieces with some of the Fijians that they have there, guys like Zach Pangelinen. That's an incredible team, so the addition of Hanko there is going to be massive. And is Danny Barrett still with Houston as well? I mean, he was last year. Least, when, yeah. when, when you have you know that combination now of Hanko and Danny who've played a ton of rugby together at the sevens level, these two know each other. Yeah, that's a talented group. It's always tough in the West. There's no easy games in Major League Rugby. Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, let's go. Okay, uh, last piece of news here. Gary Gold steps down as USA 15's men's coach. Uh, the most successful men's coach recently. More, one more games than any, any previous coach. U.S. beat Scotland and uh, Samoa. They qualified and played in the 2019 World Cup. Obviously disappointing. And probably the root of this, not qualifying for France in 2023. What did you think of that news? Uh, I don't think it surprised anyone in the rugby community that that happened. I, I think we were due for a change, and I think it's really time for the USA uh, rugby program as a whole and for the people in charge at USA Rugby to make a good decision and get it right. They haven't gotten it right a lot in the last probably five to seven years, and this is a chance now to reset, wipe the slate clean, and bring in somebody who can live and work here in America that can help develop American players under the umbrella of USA Rugby and really get in partnership with the elite athletes that we have available to create a formidable force going forward with the consistency that we hope and demand from all of our sports teams here in America. You know, the United States isn't used to being a mid-tier team in any of the sports we play. We saw just recently with the Soccer World Cup how overperformed, how they overperformed and had the ability to really capture the imagination of a nation making it through to the knockout stage. The USA can do that very same thing with rugby, but it's going to take that one coach and it's going to take a coach that that either has close ties to or is from America to live here, to work here, and to grow these programs in partnership with Major League Rugby teams and club rugby all over the country to find, identify, and centralize the best talent into that program. You've got four years to make the 27 World Cup, and then the United States is hosting the 31. So it's an eight-year build. Who knows if that same person would be through those two cycles, but with Major League Rugby going into year six, you almost wonder, and we saw this with soccer in the 90s, how long does it take before the domestic league is established and firmly in place before you make that jump? Because with USA Rugby and the World Cup, we're talking about you've got to win a game, let alone get out of the pool, let alone compete for uh, a championship, which who knows, in our lifetime that could certainly happen. But uh, we're talking about a team that didn't qualify, unfortunately, for 23. So how long does it take 
in your opinion, before, okay, Major League Rugby has been here for X years. Now we should win games in the World Cup. Well, now we're talking about, by the time the next World Cup comes around, a 10-year-old league. We're talking about an almost 15-year-old league by the time we host the World Cup. So the growth progression really should set those same expectations. If we can qualify first for the next World Cup and then we can make it into the knockout rounds when we host the World Cup, I would consider that a success for USA Rugby. I think a lot of the problem is for USA Rugby are the resources. The national visibility of the game needs to grow. And right now, all of the resources at the national team level are being funded to the Sevens program because that's where they can have success. And they need to turn that on its head and put those same resources that the Sevens program is getting into the 15s program, recognizing and designating those national team players, identifying these guys who are playing on major league squads, getting them into regular training camps against top-tier competition. I feel like we need to play Argentina more. We need to play Chile more. We need to play Tonga and Samoa more. We need to play Canada more. We need to play these teams that are above us in the national programs and in the international schedule to continue to drive the expectation of what excellence is. Good convo on, on USA Rugby. I didn't know we'd chat that much about it, but here we are. We care. Absolutely, we care. You should hear what I have to say off camera about it. You should. I do. I do. Okay, that'll do it for us. Fun show today. We know everything we need to know, basically, uh, almost, right, for the season to begin. We still got a few things going on in the next couple of weeks. Make sure you follow Utah Warriors on social media to catch Dub Nation and other announcements like we mentioned, the Crossroads Cup, two players, you got the U18 Academy trial, the Utah Selects team. Basically, the AAA squad will be out here in the next little while. That's exciting. We got kits and schedules and captains and uh, everything uh, basically we need to know, which is super exciting. Okay, that'll do it for us. For Banksy and Paula Sique and Bailey Wilson and Greg Cooper and Mason Benson and everyone on our crew that helped put this together, go Warriors. <laughs>